Hello and welcome to the Tillage Edge with me, Michael Hennessy. This is the weekly podcast for all your tillage news and advice. In this week's episode, I'm discussing broadleaf weed control with Liz Glynn of Corteva. I first asked Liz about Corteva as it's a new entity and what products they're supplying into Ireland. Corteva was, was formed from a merger with Dow and DuPont and I suppose we're a year old now. So last June it became official. So Dow and DuPont merged together on the kind of crop protection side of things to become Corteva. So products that people would be used to here in Ireland uh, would be from the Dow side of the house would have been the grassland range. Um, such as products like Forefront and Dockstar. And obviously there'd be a large uh, cereal herbicide range there, the likes of Starain, Pixaro, Zipbar, uh, Galaxy. Um, and also then you'd have the fungicide range through um, potato fungicides that we have there, the likes of Zorvec, Curzade M, and then obviously insecticides. So there's, there's a kind of a, a large, I'd say, portfolio of products there now. And also what it brings in as well would be the seed side of the house through Pioneer. So there'd be maize seed, and some oilseed rapeseed there as well that would be uh, known to people here. Okay, so I suppose a, a large entity probably to rival, I suppose, maybe the likes of uh, BSF or Syngenta, I suppose, in the market in, in terms of the amount of, um, I suppose, overall uh, breadth you have in the marketplace. Yes, I'd say now as as come together as, as one, there is a, a large portfolio there of, as I said, a range across both um, grassland, cereals and potato crops. So there's a wide range of products there that we do have. So, okay. yeah. So you have, um, obviously, what we want to try and talk about today is um, around uh, broadleaf wheat control. And um, obviously, that needs to be done all cereal crops and, and uh, non-cereal crops as well. And it's only, I suppose, when, a, when a, a guy comes to harvest sometimes that he notices with the combine that he, he notices all these weeds that were uncontrolled or that uh, the farmer might notice that uh, the combine isn't getting through as fast as maybe he could. Um, are there kind of general problems out there that you're seeing around the country that farmers aren't controlling weeds adequately? I suppose, Michael, there's a couple of ways of, of looking at it. We have issues in Ireland, firstly, with resistance weeds. So even if the farmer does a, a lot of the right things, if the, if the chemical isn't working, there is resistant weeds out there. Uh, some of those that would be I wouldn't say hugely common, but there, you know, as in there is pockets of the country where we are seeing issues would be the likes of chickweed. Um, there'd be also some issues with corn marigold in certain parts of the country, um, mainly down in Wexford, a lot of the area where you would have um, a lot of spring barley being grown. And these, these are, are getting resistance to what we'd say ALS resistance. So they're, they're finding resistance to those SU herbicides that are widely used and have a, have a wide um, spectrum for broadleaf weeds. So we are starting to see a bit of an issue with those weeds because control is getting more difficult because they are used so widely. Okay, and if we, if we kind of jump back a little bit maybe... Um, that a guy might have resistance, but is there any case where a, a guy um, maybe just doesn't have overall resistance, but uh, it's, it's uh, I suppose, maybe more an issue of um, incorrect rates or inappropriate timing or that kind of thing? How does that, how do both of those square up together? Yeah, I suppose. And this year would be one of those, you, you could say, if we were looking at um, winter crops, it was difficult to get residuals on this year. So then the weed burden that was carried on into the spring was quite high. There would have been some strong weeds that might have germinated in the autumn, made it difficult to control. So maybe a rate that they would have used previously might have done a good job, but it didn't this year. They might need to increase that rate. Also, um, 
drought, if there's drought conditions and the weeds aren't actively growing, it can be difficult to get that chemical to work on them. So there's kind of a combination of knowing firstly your weed spectrum that is there so that you're picking the right products to kill those weeds and using a high enough rate that it is going to control the weeds that are there. So it's kind of a combination of, and as we'd always say with a lot of these weeds, as I said, firstly of autumn germinators that have carried over would be quite strong, but also to get that timing right. That was one thing we did have plenty of this year because the weather was on our side. When those weeds are smaller, it's always easier to control them. So that is something that does help with resistance buildup, that if those weeds are smaller, it's easier to get good control of them at that stage. Okay. And you mentioned there um, drought, and uh, obviously there's an issue out there mostly in the east this year, and you have lots of spring barley crops that are a good bit thinner. How much of a factor is crop competition in adding to the overall weed control? Oh, I'd say it's very big, Michael, to be fair, especially the likes of spring barley, when it does start to tiller out, it can really cover that ground and suffocate out those weeds. So where that competition is there, isn't there, such as you're saying, thinner crops that are out there at the moment, it does, does give those weeds that extra chance to germinate and that extra chance to grow. So it definitely has been a, an easier year in certain parts of the country for those weeds to come through. Okay. So you mentioned there before, um, there was, I think you mentioned uh, marigold and you also mentioned uh, chickweed. Are, are they actually confirmed to be resistant or suspected? And are there any other weeds out there that are potentially resistant or maybe there's, there's uh, maybe resistant issues starting to build, do you think? Yeah. So to, I suppose if we started off with the chickweed, um, Ourselves, we have done some work on that, um, looking at resistant chickweed. Uh, we have a couple of trials set up this year looking at that. Um, we have tested samples and there is chickweed out there that is resistant. And I suppose to just explain, there is kind of two types of resistance out there um, on chickweed. Okay, so you have what we call a proline type based, um, now nothing to do with fungicide, proline resistance where you will get chickweed that will be just resistant to the likes of your SU herbicides. Okay, so they would have full resistance, just those. And you can also get now, we're having a second type, which would be a tryptophan resistance, where it's getting resistance to your SU herbicides and also other ALS herbicides, such as Ferazolam. So there's two kind of populations out there. So this is where it does get a bit tricky. So that would be with the chickweed. We are seeing that pockets of the country have it. Um, corn marigold, as you mentioned, uh, that's another one that we have got confirmed resistance. So that would have, again, confirmed resistance to your um, SUs, to your sulfonylureas. So in those cases, there's other actives, the likes of clopyrrolid that you would have in a product like Galaxy that helps with the control of that in your, um, in your weed control program. And other ones, I suppose poppy is also one that we're seeing a little bit more of is starting to become a bit of an issue. And again, that's looking again at resistance to um, the likes of your sulfonylureas. And there was also some built up to the likes of some of the synthetic oxins, such as your 2,4-Ds. So they're the kind of main ones we have at the moment. Now, there could be more, Michael. These are always things that we need to be able okay. to monitor. I, I, I do hear murmurs around uh, mayweed and possibly speedwell as well. Have you been hearing those on the ground? Yeah, so mayweed is one, and that would be one that they would have in the UK. Some of my colleagues would say about that. That that is one that we do have a do have a problem with, and again, that's where I suppose you you get into um, I suppose a a program approach 
Whereas the use of your preems earlier in the season, if these are winter crops, you'd be using your preems to help with that, to like so your pendamethalins, your flufenacet, and then that gives you some control. And then when you're coming into the spring, then you go with something else, uh, such as, as your clopyrrolid and galaxy, which will help with them maybe. But there is definitely resistance to those. Not seen as much, nothing confirmed that I can confirm here yet, Michael. We haven't looked at any of that. And you mentioned the SU herbicides a few times, and of which we're, we're, we're talking about the alleys and cameos and harmonies and those type herbicides. Um, they appear to be more problematic. Why are they more problematic in comparison to some of the other ones, the other herbicides? Well, I'd say the main reason is that they still have a very wide weed spectrum and there is, you know, there's a large weed spectrum they do kill there, but they're around a long time. Um, regular use, I suppose the thing with the spawnerias is they're used in all crops. Okay, so you, you would have them used on maize, they would be used on potatoes and they're used in cereal crops. So there, there would be a lot of usage of them. And I suppose you get the amount of use, how long they've been there. So the longer something is there, the more chance of resistance there is building up. And also then you would have issues where maybe rates weren't high enough. So you're putting the product under more pressure than it needs to be. And also maybe not including them in a mixture. So when they first came out, they might have been included with the alternative mode of action to kind of help with that weed spectrum. And also weeds that they would do well on, adding in that extra mode of action would give you extra control. So it would help with that and not putting as much pressure on, on one group of actives. Okay. So how would a farmer know if he has resistance out in the field? Okay, so there's kind of a, there's a couple of things, I suppose, that you're going to want to look for. Um, and not really generally year, I would say over a number of years, it's kind of watching what's happening. So if they're starting to see a gradual decline, so let's say the, the herbicide program they've been using on their specific crops is starting to not, there's weeds starting to slip through that. So they're starting to see a little bit more, a little bit of a degree, decrease in control. Um, another one that can be quite a telltale sign in, in certain crops will be where you have, um, so let's say you have a field and there's a population of chickweed in it and you've got some chickweed that's dead and some chickweed that's still alive. Okay, so that's kind of showing that, okay, what's happening here is there's some resistant population starting to build up in this field. Um, is that an issue that we're having? We're able to kill some, but not all of it. And then I suppose weed patches, I suppose where you are say, seeing kind of, you know, poor control in certain patches in the field. So there's some of the kind of telltale signs that farmers can look out for. So by the signs of that, then a, a farmer, um, and let's just take the example of spring barley, if it was a uh, herbicide was applied, say, maybe in, I don't, let's say the middle of May, maybe this year. Um, how often then should he be walking, or that farmer, I should say, be walking that field to um, monitor the weed control and to see whether there might be resistance in there? Yeah, so I suppose, depending on the different actors they are, they can some can act quite quickly and some can take a little longer. So you'd always say, you want to go out maybe a couple of weeks after you've applied the herbicide, have a look. You might get a bit anxious. Some of them might not have died off yet, but that can depend on temperature too. It can take Some of them can just take a little longer to work. Do go out, I'd say again, then maybe after four weeks and see, see if, is, there any, is there any differences? Is there weeds that aren't looking as healthy or is there some that were checked and are starting to grow again? Because that's something that you see with uh, certain weeds that, that they might have stunted which you'll see again that they'll actually have grown out of that. So that's where they're building up a slight tolerance to some of these herbicides, that they did get knocked back, but they're able to come back from that. And as you mentioned before, sometimes then that the crop competition can help with that, that they may have been stunted and enough crop competition is there to drain that out, but not always. 
And then obviously the last time, which we would say is too late, but it is good for planning for the following season, is obviously when they are up on the combine. They are able to see where these patches are. And that if they haven't got out before that, that is a key time for them to know where what fields have certain weed issues that they can then plan for the following year for what they need to be doing with their weed control plan. Well, I suppose as we were, as we were chatting about earlier, uh, the some of the spring barley crops are in the east are probably that little bit thinner this year, and you can see down to the ground. So, probably an ideal opportunity to monitor some of those weeds and maybe weed patches in fields. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, and like this is where these things, this can help farmers in a couple of ways. You know, it helps them. They'll pick the right product or there might be a certain, it'll help if they put in certain rotations where that allows them to use different actives. So if they have a specific problem with one weed and they're going to put in, you know, a certain crop in that rotation that they'll be able to use a different group of chemistry that will help with that. Um, that also helps to reduce the, the, the weed burden that is there. And obviously the last case scenario with certain ones is maybe you'd put them into, put grass in the rotation. So if you've got an issue with certain weeds and you put grass in the rotation and those weeds get grazed out, that also helps. Not for everybody, but it is an option that is there, you know, that can be used. Okay. Yeah, I think you, you have a couple of trials in, or maybe you had a few trials in over the last couple of years uh, around that kind of resistance issue. What sort of a message are you getting out of those? Okay, so there's kind of a couple of messages. Uh, one of these was mainly based around um, chickweed control, because as we were saying, that's a weed that is becoming, I would have said last year was a very chickweed year. It just seemed to flourish in the weather that was there, whereas you'd say maybe this year groundsel seems to be around a lot. But we set up um, a couple of trials doing a, a herbicide screen, as you'd say, with all the main products in it from your SU herbicides, either straight or in mixes, um, the likes of your Ferroxapyr straight, um, your Frazolam straight, and then we'd look at new mixtures, the likes of Pixaro or Zipar, which have Aralex in them, which is a new mode of action that's out there, a new, a new family within the synthetic auxins. So we were looking at this to see, okay, so what is, what is happening with this chick? Because firstly, when you see this, you could go, okay, well, maybe it was just a disease or a weed control problem, didn't get on in time or wasn't enough put on. So at least when you do the trials, you can do it as accurately as you can to get these on on time and see if there is a problem. So what we're seeing is that um, in the trials that we have, that the, the chickweed that is there seems to be resistant to the SUs. Any of the SUs that were in the trial have had no effect on the chickweed. It didn't cause any stunting, um, didn't knock it back. So you would say that that has got proline resistance, as we'd say. Then, as I said, there's chickweed out there that could possibly have um, a secondary resistance, tryptophan resistance, where it'll have two. It'll be resistant to both your SUs and the likes of your uh, Frazolam products. So we're seeing some of that as well, smaller amounts. So what it's doing is it's kind of checking the chickweed. So it checks it back when you're spraying it, but it does start to come back. Okay. So what we're seeing from that, and then also we had in it is the likes of Ferroxapyr, which also is another chemical that's around a long time, but we haven't seen any resistance. And even on a European scale, um, there has been no resistance built up to Froxpire yet. You could say it kind of works a little bit like a multi-site does in a fungicide. It's a bit harder for resistance to build up to that than it is to the likes of the SUs. And, and so we're still seeing... sorry, just to interrupt you. Froxpire, just in yep. old money, is that Starane or maybe Hurler or... Exactly. Or yeah, Hurler, Reaper, Starane. Yeah, those type products. Yes. Okay. So we're still seeing that doing a very effective job um, on the chickweed, has killed it off and still is, is, is working. So there is products out there that are still doing a good job on that. So this is where your product choice comes, 
comes into play. And I suppose it's important maybe to, to point out as well that um, the uh, Feroxapyr styrene type products, they do work best in good growing conditions. And perhaps the, the likes of the SUs can work at that slightly lower temperature. Um, so, you know, if you have issues, you kind of really do need to consider consider the weather, the weather element of it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, can can yeah. I just ask you a final question then, Liz? Um, and it's one kind of around, we talked a lot about issues and fruxapyr and various different chemistries and that kind of thing. Um, in terms of uh, non-chemical control or, or cultural control methods, are there many things a farmer can actually do um, over and above the use of chemistry or rotation chemistry, rotating chemistry? Well, I suppose it's the one that we always come back to about knowing your crops and knowing your fields. And we've kind of discussed that where we said, you know, getting out and seeing what weed issues are there and all fields can be quite different. And when you get out and have a good walk in them, it does allow you to see what um, weed burdens you have. Uh, the other one that we also mentioned, so, that, so as we said, that goes throughout the season. It can go before you put your weed spray on. If you've seen last autumn when you're combining, there's certain weed issues there that'll help with your control uh, of deciding what, what program to go with if there's specific weeds. Like as we said, if you have a chickweed issue control, you want to be using the likes of your Feroxapyr based products with an RLX mix or something that uh, will help with that because the SU part of your of your program may struggle. Um, rotations, obviously, I know it's one we always come back to, but that is important, Michael. You know, it does it does help you to use the spectrum of of chemistries out there. It also, as I said, gives different levels of competition to the weeds. You know, there could be some crops out there will compete better uh, with certain weeds to help suppress them. So they're important um, cultural methods. And I suppose the other one we always say is, you know. Um, getting good crop establishment that helps look that's that, that helps for everything to get good crops in and get them so if they're motoring away then it puts more pressure on the weeds to be able to compete with them okay liz thank you very much for your time uh, it's been a fascinating very quick jaunt through the uh, broadleaf weed um, control and resistance issues so thank you very much thanks michael that's it for the tillage edge this week and my thanks to liz for joining me on the podcast don't forget to rate, review and subscribe on the Apple Podcast or Spotify so you never miss an episode. And for more information, go to chagas.ie. I'm Michael Hennessy. Thanks for listening. and I'll be back next week with more tillage news and advice.